We're so thankful for the opportunity that we have to be able to meet together and look into your word tonight. May your word look into us and change us, make us more like you. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This morning we talked about uh, uh, liberty, our call to liberty out of Galatians chapter number 5. And uh, we spoke on the subject of the finding of liberty, the finding of liberty. We kind of defined a little bit about what biblical liberty looks like, freedom, uh, independence, however you want to say it. Um, and we talked about three elements that are important, that are essential uh, in liberty, and uh, that is Christ, conviction, and calling. We saw that in Galatians chapter number 5 and uh, about the first uh, six verses in Galatians chapter number 5. Tonight, I want to talk about the second thing, not only the finding of liberty, but the falsehood of liberty, the falsehood of liberty. Often, we find in the Word of God that God says, warning, warning, warning. It's kind of like you're driving down the road and and there's a great big sign and it says, warning, the road is closed. It's probably a good idea to stop. Because the road might end, uh, the road might uh, uh, have barriers, uh, there's no telling what it might, there's spots. Uh, I was just watching a, a documentary, I love to watch these different documentary, doc, documentaries, wow that's a hard word, I did not get my nap today, I'm very disappointed. And so, um, but these documentaries, are, they're, I, they're just fascinating to me, and there are places, um, this, this, this certain um, show was about um, all these different places that it's dangerous uh, to go in the water. And it's dangerous to go in the water because of, you know, the population of great white sharks. Good night. All you've got to do is put up a sign, and I'm not going near the water if it says great white. It's like, it's like in your yard. If you don't want me to come to your house, just put a beware of dog sign. You don't even have to have one. Just put, beware of dog, and I just won't come to your house, okay? I don't, I mean, I'm not a big fan of dogs that bite, and so uh, I beware. I'm, I, the warning, right? Well, all these signs, it says, danger, enter at your own risk. Danger, no swimming. Danger, where there's, you know, really bad riptides. And, and, and people, smart people, heed those warnings. And there's always the other people. Right? There's the warning. It's plain as day. There's one, this one place in Australia. It is the highest population of, of people killed by sharks in the world. That's good enough. For, I'm not even getting on the beach. I mean, just in case the, you know, just in case the shark can beach itself and eat me. I'm not, you know, I'm not even going near that thing. And, and, and they're known for that. Matter of fact, in this spot, on this beach, there's a sign with tick marks of all the people that have died by eat by being. God, can you imagine? I can, I can think of a few more ways to go than being eaten by a shark, right? And there's all these tick marks, and people walk right by the warning. Get in the water. I mean, there's caves. There's all sorts of things that you can you can explore down there and get eaten by a shark. I mean, I just. Warning, warning, warning. God has warnings throughout His Word. It's warning. When God says warning, He wants you to pay attention. He wants you to be aware. 
He wants you to have the knowledge before you go into whatever it is you're going into, that you have the knowledge and the wisdom of the Spirit of God and of the Word of God so that, so that you're equipped. You know, the Bible says uh, that before we ever go into battle, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says we should put on the whole armor of God. Be warned. You know, do you know how foolish it is? Do you know how foolish you are to go up to, against the devil without the armor of God? I don't know whoever, whoever told you that you're a match for the devil lied to you. Because you are no match. If the devil had the guts to go and tempt Jesus, in whom he knew he was, by the way. It's not like he didn't know who he was. He knew who he was. Tempted Jesus, uh, failed three times. Uh, and the Bible says this about that temptation. He went away for a season. He didn't quit. He was going after Jesus. I promise you, he's going after you. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to whoop you if you don't put on the whole armor of God. I mean, probably every one of us can raise our hand and say, yep, been whooped before. <laughs> I mean, I try to do it in my own power. I try to do it in my own wisdom. And we are no match for the devil. That's why God says, warning. Warning, warning, put on the whole armor of God. The shield and the breastplate and, and your feet shod and, and having the, you know, your, your two weapons, which are the word, uh, of the, uh, the word of God and prayer. You know, we always read Ephesians chapter 6 and we, and we stop short. You know, the Bible goes on to say another weapon we have is, is prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. I get it. But let me tell you, give you another definition of prayer. Prayer is getting God involved. Let me tell you something. I want God involved in my life. I want him involved in my decision making. I want him in, involved in my warfare. I want him involved in every single facet and every single area of my life. So what do I need to do? I need to pray. God says to pray. God says to put the armor of God on. God says to pick up the word of God and be led by the Spirit of God. What are these? These are warnings before you ever go in to battle. And so when you come up to a subject like liberty, God gives us some warnings. There's some falsehoods out there. There are some people out there that's only desire is to trip you up. Their only desire is to confuse you. Now, I think there are several different kinds of, uh, of preachers out there. Okay, So I think there's the preacher that preaches the word of God. Then I think that there's the preacher that's confused. So I do believe that there are preachers that have good intentions, but they're as confused as the flock is. And, and they don't, half the time, don't know what they're saying. And so and I'm not giving them a pass. I'm not giving them an excuse. I'm just telling you, sometimes they're confused. And then there are wolves in sheep's clothing. There are deceivers. Peter said there's going to be false teachers and false preachers who are going to try to trip you up. They're going to try to deceive you. They're going to try to disseminate false doctrine to get you to believe a lie. 
to, to get you to believe a falsehood. And liberty is no difference. Watch this. Galatians chapter 5. Go down with me to verse number 7. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 7. Ye, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. So listen. So what is he saying here? He's saying, I, I, I want you to know, there's going to be some out there that are going to try to uh, give you untruths and falsehoods. They're going to try to lead you in the wrong direction. Paul says, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hope that you're going to know who those people are and not follow their pernicious ways. Not follow their falsehood. Not follow their, their line of thinking. Because all it takes, watch this, all it takes is just a little bit of falsehood. All it takes is just a little bit of wrong. And then guess what? It, it ruins the whole thing. Have you ever, have you ever, you ever baked something? And you put the wrong ingredient in. You ever done that? If, you ever, if, you ever, if you've cooked for a long time, I'm sure you've probably done that sometime in your life. And it comes out, and you take a bite of it, and you go, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten in my life. Maybe it called for, uh, you know, some kind of uh, flour, and you put you know, garlic powder in it. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean it would be pretty egregious but you know what i'm saying and you put the wrong kind of ingredient in it and it ruins the whole thing it's not like you're making a cake and you mix all these ingredients in and you put in uh uh, uh you know wish sauce instead of you know some, some other thing and and then the whole thing comes out and well this part is terrible but you can cut off this piece and this tastes okay it doesn't work that way does it it gets into the entire cake and the entire cake is ruined <laughs> remember when i my kids, when they were little, they first started cooking. It seems like, it seems like Anna just knew how to cook from birth. I mean, that child can cook anything, and it always tastes good. Emma's had to work at it. And I remember the first time Emma made brownies, and everybody took a bite of the brownie, and they were like, "Mm-hmm, this is really, really good." It's like, um. You're missing an ingredient, <laughs> or you mixed up the ingredient. Something's wrong because this is horrible. You know, this doesn't, this doesn't taste right because it only takes a little bit. Do you know that's true spiritually too? Just let a little bit of untruth come into your life. And pretty soon that little bit of untruth begins to grow, and it begins to grow, and it begins to grow. And pretty soon you're covered with untruth in your life because you allowed just a little bit in. You know what they used to tell us in college? When you knock on a door, just get your foot in. Just get your foot in. If you have to, literally stick your foot in so they can't close the door. Now, I don't recommend you doing that up north, but down in the south, it's okay. They'll, they'll, they'll break your foot up north. But down south, you know, they, 
they might let you in and you can sit down with them and have some tea and, you know you get to know them a little bit and you get to talk to them about the Lord and you know it's great just get your foot in and then you can get in the door let me tell you what the devil's trying to do he's just trying to get a foot in you've heard the saying right give him an inch and he'll be your ruler I mean just just a little bit and it begins to grow and it begins to grow do you know it only takes an infection a little bit if you let infection get in and you, you leave it unheated, you don't take medicine, pretty soon it grows. If it gets into your system, it can be, you know, you can go septic. I mean, all these things. You can die from it. Just a little bit of an infection. Just a little bit of untruth. We need to have our eyes wide open. Open to the falsehoods of um, uh, the things that are around us. Look, look at a couple things I want you to see uh, tonight when it comes uh, to the falsehoods uh, of liberty. Know what you're talking about. Does it drive you crazy to listen to somebody that has absolutely no idea what they're talking about? Absolutely drives me crazy. Listen, you, uh, you, want, listen you, want, you want me to drive you crazy? Let me sit down and tell you all I know about cars. I was talking to Robert this morning. I said, Robert, car's doing this, and when you turn the wheel, it's acting like the wheels want to fall off, and it's, it's going, you know, bump, 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 and click, click, click. And I said, I, he said, what, what, what year is it? I said, how am I supposed to know what year it is? He said, what is this? I said, Robert, seriously? I said, it's out there, go look. You, you can find out by looking, just looking at the car. Some of you can look at a car and know what year it is. A car drives by, you know the make, model, year, the whole nine yards to so the car. You know what kind of engine's in the vehicle. Listen, I look at a car and I go, it's a car. Yep, that's a car. I, I know the difference between a car and an SUV. And I know there's crossovers that go between. I get all that. But let me tell you something. I, I can put in a thimble what I know about a car. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit here and talk about a car with you. Now, I'll listen if you know about cars and you can tell me all you want. I don't know how many mechanics have told me. Let me tell you what this is. And I, and I am completely zoned out. Here, all you're doing is speaking into this ear and it's going out that ear. I have no idea what you're talking about. Where's this? I don't know. What is this? this here's the hood. This Today it was overheating. The stupid car was overheating. And it took me five minutes to get the hood up. I've never got the, you know how they're all different, right, in there? And I'm thinking that stupid clip thing's in there somewhere, and I'm filling around with it, and I'm going down here, and I'm taking my flashlight. I almost Googled it on how to open the hood. That's how bad I am with cars, right? That's okay. That's okay. Listen, don't talk about things when you don't know what you're talking about. Because I want you to know something. You can do more harm than you can do good. Where, where do you put the transmission fluid? Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just tell you. It's right over here. Listen, you put it in the wrong place, and you're in trouble. I know good and well that if I have a diesel vehicle, I'm not going to put unleaded gasoline in it. Because if I do, bad news, right? I mean, I know that much. And so you can be very dangerous by talking about things that you have no idea what you're talking about. So it's not about not talking about them. It's about having the knowledge before you talk about them. 
So before you start talking about the Word of God, have the knowledge. That's why God says to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. That's why God says that, that we ought to study God's Word so that we can give an answer for the hope that lies within us. God didn't say guess. God didn't say just throw it out there wherever you want. I remember after I first got saved, I'd have people ask me questions. I'd say, I don't know. At some point, somebody told me one time, they said, do you know anything? I said, no, I'm not really. I know how to get saved. Do you want to know about that? I can tell you that. Because I was so new in the faith. But I wasn't going to say, yeah, this is this, this, and this. When I didn't know what I was talking about. And if more people would do that, we wouldn't be in, in, in such the mess we are in our churches today, in our schools today. Um, I'm talking about Bible schools today that we are currently in because of the falsehoods. So first of all, let's look at the leaders. The leaders against liberty. The leaders against liberty. He says there in verses 7 through 10, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who? Listen, let me tell you Paul's saying, who have you been talking to? Who, 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 have you, who have you been hanging around? Who told you you shouldn't be doing this? Who told you you shouldn't be obeying the truth? You better, you better start marking. You know, this idea that people, you know, you can believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do just as long as you have good intentions. No, no, no. The Bible says that we should mark them that bring false doctrine. We should mark them and say, listen, what they're saying is not so. What they're saying is not true. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of religions out there, cults that are out there, that are trying to pass as mainstream denominations. It's really what they're doing. And boy, you know, and I'll give you an example. You, you take the Roman Catholic Church in the United States of America, and you take the Roman Catholic Church in Brazil, you're talking about two different monsters. You're talking about two different religions. The, the one in the United States, they're just... They, they're more inclusive. Now, we're not too far off the Baptists. We're not too far off the Methodists. We're not too far off the whatever. And, and they're kind of inclusive. Over in Brazil, let me tell you something. I mean, to be a Catholic means to follow the tenets of the Catholic Church. And the tenets of the Catholic Church. So when you start talking about the Catholics in the United States, the average, even Christian, gets offended. But some of these missionaries that come home, they're saying, let me tell you something, the number one enemy against truth and against Christianity is the Catholic Church. And people say, oh, I can't believe they said that. But it's true. It's absolutely true. And you know what we ought to do? We ought to mark those that teach falsehoods. I remember being over in Ecuador and we went uh, to a, a, a city there in Ecuador and and that we were we were touring one of the churches. I mean, everything's beautiful over there. I mean, all their churches are ornate, I mean, gorgeous, stained glass everywhere. They have engravings on the wall. It's absolutely beautiful. And me and um, uh, me and Will were just talking about the Catholic Church, and this was this was one of the Catholic churches that was there. And I said, you know, a lot of people don't don't believe that the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is a, 
co-redemptress and that you can be saved through Jesus or through Mary. People in, people in the United States, especially in the United States, they, they don't believe that. And um, Will took me over to this spot and right up on this beautiful ornate wall was a picture of a person kneeling to Mary and he read it to me. It was in, you know, it was in that language. And he read it to me and it literally said that Mary was a co-redemptress. He said, it, it's right there on the wall of the Catholic Church. And you know what he said? He said, here, I've got to mark that. I've got to mark that. Why? Because it's a falsehood. And we should mark falsehoods, no matter what it is. And by the way, it doesn't have to be the Catholic Church. There are plenty of Baptists that are wrong. And they're wrong about plenty of things. And we ought to mark those things and say, no, that's not right. Why? Because they are conveyors of falsehood. And that falsehood affects our liberty in Jesus Christ. Be careful of religion. Be careful of religion. Religion's all about rules, tenets, and authority. That's what religion's all about. Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essens and all these leaders in the New Testament era, in the New Testament time that Jesus had to deal with, Jesus didn't commend them. Jesus condemned them. Big difference. I mean... This is the religious crowd that we're talking about. They would wear phylacteries upon their head and upon their arms, and they would memorize large, large portions of the Old Testament. And, I mean, they were outwardly religious. It's all about good works. It's all about status. and It's all about being or becoming a saint. It's all about doing good enough to get to heaven. That's what religion's all about. But religion isn't commended in the Bible. It's condemned in the Bible. And Christianity isn't religion. God has set us free from religion. Religion is bondage. Religion is living in bondage. And God has set us free. So be warned when it comes to the leaders of uh, 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 leaders against uh, liberty. Number two, not only the leaders against liberty, but the lies about liberty. The lies about liberty. You know, there's a lot of things out there that's just false doctrine, false teaching, and false truth. Verse 13, Galatians 5, he says, For brethren, ye have been called under liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. Isn't that an interesting word, serve? Isn't it interesting how we skip over words? We just, we just like skip by them. So in Galatians 5 and verse 13, we have two words that seem contradictory to each other. But yet they're complementary to each other in the verse. The word liberty and the word service. Because... In our, in our world today, liberty means I can do whatever I want to do. I mean, that's what liberty means. I have freedom, and I can have freedom to do what I want to do. But the Bible says, don't use your liberty for the occasion of the flesh. It's not about you. What is it about? It's about 
serving others. Isn't that an interesting thing? God has made you free. He has freed you from the bondage of sin so that you can serve others. So, He is... Now, now watch. This, this is not, not going to go over well, but this is, this is what I'm trying to say. He has freed you from bondage to enslave you to serve. No, no that can't be right, preacher. Well, well, then can you explain Galatians 5 to me again? Because that's what he's done. He has set us free from bondage. What has he set us free to do? He set us free to use our hands. He set us free to use our mouth. He set us free to use our brain that we're not in the bondage of sin because sin will tear you down. It will pull you down and it will keep you back. It's kind of like I've used this illustration so many times. It's kind of like if I have a desire, if I have a desire to be on that side of this building, then I have to let go of this pew. Understand that? I, I'm not strong enough to pick this pew up. I cannot pick this pew. Now, maybe I could, these are old enough, I might be able to tear it apart and take a piece with me. But you understand what I'm saying. I mean, Albert Cliff wrote a great book that says, let go and let God. And so I can want to go over there all I want to, but, but until I let go, let me tell you what God has done. He has loosed us. And he has set us free from the bondage of this world, the bondage of sin, the bondage of selfishness, the bondage of religion, the bondage of this world. And he set us free so that we can serve one another. That's why he says that we're the body of Christ. And some are the hand and some are the feet and some are the nose and some are the ears and some are the eyes and some, somebody's got to be the pinky toe. Listen, if you don't think your pinky toe does you any good, go ahead and cut it off and find out. I, I mean, God's got, there's no greater, one, one uh, member is greater than the other. No, God has united us all together so that we can serve one another. Where are you going to find love? Outside of God. Listen, we love Him because He first loved us. I get that. God so loved the world that He gave His own begotten Son. So God loves us. I get that. But in this world, where are you going to get love? You want to get it from one another. That's where we get love from. You don't get it from the world. You don't get it from sin. You don't get it from the devil. You don't get it from selfish people. Selfish people only think about themselves. It's easy to spot a selfish person. Because all they think about is three people, me, myself, and I. That's it. And boy, when you start thinking about only yourself, let me tell you what's happened. You've gotten bondage to the things of this world or bondage to self. God is never meant for you to live there. God has set you free so that you might serve other people. Don't believe the lies about liberty. Don't believe them. God has set you free and he has set you free to serve. Watch this over in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number, uh, verse number 16. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but, here it is again, here's the word again, but as servants of God. Servants of God. What does a servant do? 
There's no way around it, folks. There's no other explanation. What does a servant do? He serves. So we're no longer serving bondage and serving sin and serving self. We're now serving God and others. That's what true freedom is, by the way. If you think true freedom is doing what you want to do, you've believed a lie about liberty. Because it's not about what you want. Because let me tell you what you want. I'm talking about deep down. I'm not talking about your saved self. I'm talking about your self-self, your sinful self. All you want is, is your desires. All you want. You see, there are, there are fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And, but you know there's fruits of the flesh, too. And it's, and it's jealousy and malice and hatred and... No covetousness. That's what the flesh wants. The flesh says, God, give me my inheritance. I deserve it. I deserve this. I should have this. Why isn't God doing this for me? Why isn't God answering my prayers? Why isn't, why isn't, why isn't? You know why? Because we think about ourselves only. We've believed a lie when it comes to, to liberty. God has set us free to be servants. God has set us free to be a help. That's why, do you realize uh, tonight, that's why God has gifted you? He has gifted you. By the way, if you don't think that you have a spiritual gift, I've I've got a, I I finally came across it. It's, 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 It's pretty lengthy, but it's a spiritual gifts test. And you answer these questions, and by the way, you're only stupid to lie. I mean, you're, you're, the, only one, you're, you're the only one doing this. And so, uh, and, and, it, and, and, and at the end, you add up all these numbers, and it's just a great test, and it tells you where you're gifted. Matter of fact, I took the test years ago, and one of the gifts is mercy. I barely scored. Barely scored on, 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 on mercy. Uh, and so it tells you where your strengths are. Now, can I tell you this? It doesn't give you an excuse. Well, I don't have the gifts of mercy, so I don't, you know, I don't care about people. That, that's, not, that's not how that works, okay? It just says where you're gifted at, and then you could start using that gift to serve others. That's why God gifted you. God didn't give you the gift so you could serve yourself. You're, I mean, God has gifted you. Use it. They say... They say about Elvis Presley. I've read quite a few things about Elvis Presley because I've read quite a few things about the Cathedral Quartet. I love, uh, I loved listening to the Cathedral Quartet. I mean, I just absolutely loved them. And um, Elvis Presley used to go with the Cathedral Quartet and other quartets and practice with them before a concert and would often be behind stage throughout the concert, and he got his start. Did you know that? Did you know that Elvis Presley got his start in church? Used to sing, used to sing in church. I mean, he used to, and then, and then is a, a crude way to put it, but one writer said, then he prostituted his gift to the world. It's a shame. I mean, I mean, just, and then he's, he's now, completely unassociated with anything with the church. I mean, he's the, 
king of rock and roll and, and, and drugs and all this stuff that, he, that, he's, that he's now known for, when where did he get his start? Let me tell you something. You can get your start, but then it's up to you to decide, I'm going to use what God has given me for the occasion of the flesh, or I'm going to use what God gave me to be a blessing to the church and be a blessing to God and be a blessing to God's people. And so be careful when it comes to knowledge. Be careful where you get your truth from. Just because a teacher, just because a prophet, just because a preacher gets up and says something doesn't make it so. I hope we understand that. Just because something's written in a book doesn't make it right. I don't care how smart that person is. I don't care how many degrees they have. If what's being said is contrary to the word of God, then let God be true and every man a liar. No matter how many degrees they have. Do you know how dumb smart people can be? I mean, seriously. Some of the things that they believe, you think to yourself, why in the world would you, as smart as you are, why in the world would you believe that? Because I don't want to have an authority in my life. That's what it boils down to. Because if I believe in Genesis, and I believe this world was created out of nothing, and I believe that... uh, 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 that with the spoken word, this world was created, then I have to believe there was a creator that created it. And if I believe that there was a creator that created it, then that creator's smarter than me. He's more powerful than me. He's more knowledgeable than me. And so I have to answer to him. And boy, let me tell you something. Sometimes we are so prideful you ever met that person? Maybe you, maybe you worked with them. Maybe you had to supervise them, and they were just unteachable. They knew it all. They knew everything. I, I, remember, I remember being um, on the ship, and one of the things we had to do was, was dead reckoning. And so we had to, uh, usually we did it by radar, but sometimes we had to do it uh, manually in case the radar went down. And so we'd have to do it manually. And it was not a very easy thing to do. And so um, it just happened to be one of the things I was pretty good at. And uh, I, don't, I don't know why, I just was, and I just enjoyed doing it. And so we had this new recruit come on, and, and uh, uh, they, they put him under me to show him how to dead wreck. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and every time I try to teach him something, yeah, I know that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I already know that. I said, man, I said, I'm impressed that you know all these things. I mean, I didn't know any of these things until somebody taught me them. And, and I tried all these ways, you know. And then, and then finally we were, we were doing this operation and, and, uh, and he kept saying that. And I said, okay, you got it from here. You take it from here. I'm going to step back. I'm not going to say a word. And boy, he just blew everything. He made every wrong decision. He made every wrong measurement. He made everything he did wrong. And he finally got to the point where he said, okay, well, maybe I don't know quite as much as I thought. Can't you, can't you, I can't stand people that think they know everything. And let me tell you something. Sometimes I wonder if God says, let me tell you something. You don't know everything. I'm trying to teach you. 
I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to mold you into being what you need to be. And so listen to my word. Listen to my spirit. Listen to my saints. Do you know there are people out there that know more than you do? Live with it. It's a fact. And learn from it. And don't be caught up in the lies of liberty. Liberty is not a license. Liberty is not a license. Just because God has set us free, that doesn't mean we have the license. We don't have a get-out-of-jail-free card. No, you don't understand. I can, I can do this because phew, I got liberty. Sometimes how we act. You know, cop pulls us over for speeding. No, 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 no. I got liberty. You don't understand. I, I, I got liberty. I mean, you do something you're not supposed to. Oh, no, 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 no. I, you, you might be bound to those laws, but I've got liberty. They, they're going to look at you, cross that, and go, let me see that card. And they'll rip it up and throw it in the trash. Why? Because we have a misconception of what liberty truly is from God's Word. And so liberty is not a license. Liberty follows a law. You know what that law is? Galatians 6. Galatians 6 and verse 7. If you don't know it, you should know it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It is a law in the harvest, and it's the law in spiritual life. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Two things concerning the law of sowing and reaping. Number one. You reap exactly what you sow. You reap exactly what you sow. You can't sow discord and expect harmony in your life. And work that way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, you sow discord. You are foolish to think that you're going to reap harmony. That's not how it works. Whatever you sow, you reap. You sow apples, you reap apples. You sow oranges, you reap oranges. You sow discord, you reap discord. That's what happens. You remember David? He sowed the wind, he reaped the whirlwind in his life. Yeah, he was the king. And yes, he could do what he wanted to do, but there's always consequences to our actions. He saw Bathsheba, and he... And, 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 he, and he took Bathsheba, and she had Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed, and all these things, and he sowed discord in that family. Have you, have you read about David and Absalom? Have you read the whirlwind that David is running for his life, and he's not just running from his life from certain people, he's running from his life from his son? who wants to take his throne, who wants to kill his father, what is he doing? He's reaping the whirlwind of the things that he'd sown in his life. Be certain, be exactly sure of this harvest principle. You sow or you reap exactly what you sow. Number two, you always, let me give you another another principle of the sowing and reaping. You reap more than you sow. You ever notice that? You reap more than you sow. Sow the wind. Be prepared 
to reap the whirlwind because there's always consequences to our, um, our uh, reaping, our sowing. And so lies of liberty. Listen, do not believe the lies of liberty and do not disseminate the lies of liberty. Don't go telling people um, what they want to hear. Don't go telling people falsehoods. Don't be part of the lie. You know what bothers me the most about politics? There's a lot that bothers me about politics. But the biggest thing that bothers me about politics is when a politician is lying. You know he's lying. Everybody else knows he's lying. And half the country still believes him. I think they know he's lying. And they overlook the lie to believe him because, I don't know, whatever reason, whatever reason they might have. Let me tell you what lies do. Lies not only affect you, but they affect the people around you. They begin to draw people in, and other people believe those lies. Listen, some people are so gullible, they'll believe anything. If you, if you could believe, if you could possibly believe that there's a comet coming, and you drink this poisoned Kool-Aid, and then when you die, you're going to be hopping on this comet to go to heaven, you'll believe anything. Understand that? I mean, you will believe anything. People people believe the craziest things. I was watching another, is that word, documentary? Watching another documentary on animals, wild animals that people had as pets. Had this guy who had this chimpanzee got this chimpanzee when its mother and father were killed brought it back from africa i think somewhere over in africa brought this little baby chimp back called him mo loved this i mean he i mean he loved this thing like it was his own child somewhere along the way he forgot it was a wild animal he had to put the put the chimp in this sanctuary that other chimps were in. He would go and visit this chimp as it got older, and he got older, and he would bring it birthday presents, and he would bring it birthday cakes, and I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, he did all these things and, and forgot it was wild. Let me tell you something. He brought a birthday cake and some, some gifts to this chimpanzee, full-grown chimpanzee now. By the way, chimpanzee is five times stronger than the average man. Five times stronger. He brought this cake to this chimp, and Mo came out and jumped in his arms, and they hugged in the whole nine yards. And then there was some other chimps at this sanctuary, and their gates got left open. And they looked out, and apparently, according to, I don't know, people that study chimps, I don't know, anyways, that chimps get jealous. And, and if you do something for one chimp, and the other chimp doesn't like it, and Whatever, it's probably the same people who think that we come from gems, but whatever. Anyways, uh, these other chimpanzees got angry, jumped their cages, literally, I mean, attacked the man, bit his ears off, his nose off, bit his fingers off. I mean, chewed him up, spit him out. I mean, the guy lived, but he probably wished he would have been dead. And I mean, did all these, why? Because they... Because they forgot. They 
they weren't thinking straight. And sometimes when we're not thinking straight, we'll believe anything that comes down the pipe. Be careful of the things that come down the pipe and make sure that they're backed up by the Word of God. You know, some, some leaders are just, they got big characters, right? Everybody loves them. And they got big cheeky grins and everybody just thinks that they're hot tomato and tens of thousands of people go to their and you know what a lot of people don't care about they don't even care about what you say they don't care about the truth they just care about hey there's other people here and boy it just makes me feel good I want to feel good when I go to church I want to feel good when I do something. I want to feel good. Other, listen to me. God never said you'd always feel good. Matter of fact, God says the opposite on many occasions. Sometimes you get your toe stepped on. Sometimes you get offended by the Word of God. Because God convicts us. We talked about that this morning. God convicts us with His Word. So this idea that I'm supposed to feel good, you've got yourself in the wrong world. It's not about you and how high you can get in this world and how much power and how much money and how much fame you can have. Do you know what I see about power and money and fame? People are miserable. You ever seen, you ever seen Mulan, the movie Mulan? You know the voice of the, of the girl from Mulan, 48 years old, committed suicide. Fame, fortune, I mean, she had it all. And what was she? Depressed. Why? Because money, fame, I mean, power, none of those things can make you happy. Because as a matter of fact, God's not interested in your happiness. God's interested in your joyfulness. You know there's a difference? Happiness is about our happenstances, right? Things that go right in our lives puts a smile on our face and we're happy. But guess what? I'm, I'm the pessimist. I call myself a realist, but I'm, I'm really a, a pessimist. And it's something good goes good, and I'm, I'm praising the Lord for it, but I'm going like this. I'm, I'm just waiting. I know she knows. Everything's going really good. I'm going, <laughs> it's about time. And when, and when you all say, just enjoy, things are going well. I'm, I'm just telling you, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how it's going to be, but it's coming because it's part of life. Talking to Anna about camp. She's faced quite a few issues. I wish you'd pray for her. I know you do. Um, but she's faced quite a few issues with some drama and her being, you know, a leader in this, in this, in this RISE program and doing all these things that she's doing. And she said... She said this to me, I, was, now I, I tried to keep my happiness with the end because I shouldn't have been happy at the time, but I was so glad she was learning the lesson. She said, Dad, it's hard. And I was on the other line going, and let me tell you something, when you leave there, sweetie, it's going to be hard. And when you go to the next place, it's going to be hard. You know why the average stay of a pastor is 18 months? Because it's hard. And we want to be happy. And if it's all about you and you wanting to be happy and you don't worry about the will of God and you don't worry about the truth and you don't worry about all those things, then you're going to get offended quick and you're going to go to the next place. And guess what? At the next place, it's going to get hard. There's going to be problems. 
there's going to be difficulties. They're the same people. They just have different faces. Just different names. But it's the same. You know why? Because we are human. We are faulted. That's who we are. And so no matter where you go, it's going to be hard. But listen to me. If you're where God wants you to be, and you're doing what God wants you to do, then you can do hard. Because what we do in this world is only for a little while. It's just for a short time. I think about Miss Page. She's 92 years old. So her short time, you know, is a little bit longer. I mean, 92 is a long ways, right? But even 92 years, even 100 years, that dims in comparison. I mean, dims in comparison to the millennial reign, to, to heaven where we're going to live for eternity. So when it gets hard and when the lies come, be knowledgeable. Know what liberty is. Yeah, God has set me free. But you know what he set me free? He set me free to do. He set me free to read. He set me free to pray. He set me free to be in church. He set me free to fellowship. He set me free to worship. He set me free to win others to Christ. He set me free to disciple. He set me free to spend my life well. You have a beginning. You ever, you ever go to the cemetery? I don't even go visit anybody. I just go, I like going and looking at the tombstones. I know it's weird. But I like to see, especially the old ones. I mean, find ones that are Civil War, Revolutionary War. I mean, War II. I love to look at those tombstones. There's three things on almost every tombstone. Unless the person's not there yet. Birth date, death date, and a dash. A dash. And that birth date and death date could be a hundred years apart. But the dash is as big as if it was five years apart. Why? Because our life is but vapor. It's here for a little time. Vanish it away. How you spend your dash matters in eternity. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the time that we can spend together in your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand what it is to be set free. We're set free for our service for Jesus Christ. Help us as Jesus demonstrated in his earthly ministry. Help us to be busy about our Father's business. We only have a short time. Let's spend that time well. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a great week this week, serving and honor you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. 7 o'clock Wednesday night, starting a new series on the Trinity. I I forgot again, didn't I? And you reminded me. Wednesday uh, Wednesday morning is going to be Scripture Assembly, 9 o'clock. If you're interested in helping, if you're available to help, Over in the uh, fellowship hall, 9 a.m. Wednesday morning for scripture. Sorry, Brother Toby.